Good evening, everybody. It's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe coming to you right after the Mavericks escaped the Orlando Magic at home in Dallas, 107 to 106. It was a weird game but you know what guys let's let's start with the things that were that you know that we're kind of pleased with after the game josh i'll let you kick us off uh well there wasn't a lot to be pleased with despite the win (laughs) but if i have to pick i mean it's it's clearly luca i mean this is like one of those games where you don't deserve to win but because you have the best player on the floor between the two teams you, you win and you know how much did we see that during the Dirk era where he just kind of dragged a team that had no business winning a game that night uh, to a win just because he was a top 10 player in the league that year um the Lucas third quarter was spectacular you know they were kind of having another bad third quarter again and he just went to work um mm-hmm. I feel like he scored every single time Dwight Powell set a screen for him. Uh, they really milked uh, that play a lot in the third quarter. They just kept going, going after it, going after it. And Orlando was pretty wise. You know, they were they were playing Powell for the role, uh, at least when Luca was running the pick and roll. I know you kind of had a, a comment in our Slack about how Powell seems to get free more when he plays with Berea. Uh, in the pick and roll, but they were playing, they were playing pal on the lob when Luca had the ball in his hands and Luca kind of took that space and was like, all right, I'll take this. I'll flip up a eight footer or seven footer in the lane. I'll get to the rim. That's fine. And he kind of scored it. Well, uh, finished with 27 points. Uh, it got a little sloppy late. Um, he definitely tried to go for a couple of home run daggers in the fourth quarter. Uh, but that third quarter was like, that was superstar, you know, all NBA level stuff. Like he drew, dragged that team uh to the lead in the third quarter and it was really that was really fun to watch yeah he uh so he he had 10 field goals and nine of his nine of his 10 makes were all in in the paint uh he's he's really got that floater game going for him which he didn't often last season i think some of that's just strength and understanding where the defense is it's it's really fun to watch i was you know, it's 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 time for me to to eat a little crow on a couple of players who came through big time uh, again uh, tonight, and and that's a pair of wings. There's Justin Jackson who who scored 11 needed points and grabbed six rebounds. And then Dorian Finney-Smith, who is, you know, he took a, he took one of the charges from Aaron Gordon down the stretch. He hit a huge uh, transition three, might, might be one of the best shots, like looking shots I've ever seen from him. That that gave Dallas, you know, one of those uh, knock. It felt like a knockout punch, but then of course the Mavericks couldn't score anymore. Uh, and, and so like watching those guys play is nice. Um, I think we have a lot of questions about what's happening within the rotation tonight, but you know, if we're talking about specific things that, that was just, it was, it was nice to watch. It, it was good to see guys, you know, excel when, when given the opportunity, I still don't understand Dorian Finney Smith's game, but uh, you know, maybe I don't have to understand it. <laughs> he he's just, he's a really, he's one of the few Mavericks who seems to be really active uh, both off ball on offense, off ball on defense. He he's just he's he's kind of everywhere, and and that sort of chaos is is needed when there's a bunch of you know the Mavericks tend to have a lot of uh, you know skill specific guys that like to do specific things. So having the guy that that's willing to run around and and be like a you know a, a C plus version of of like Sean Marion back in the days is, is is I don't know it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. Was was there anything else that you were that you were you know taken away from that game uh, on a positive note? Uh on a positive note, 
<laughs> man, I don't know. You kind of said like Luca, and then you know Jack. You know Jackson kind of saved the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maxi had a good game too. Uh, yeah, I know he didn't close the game because they they kind of like uh, going with Powell, but he had a really quality game, and he did it. You know, he hit a couple threes, and then he also kind of rolled to the rim well. I mean, when you get, I feel like when you get more than ten points out of Maxi, you know, when you consider everything else he brings as a as a defender and as a guy that can guard the rim and block shots, like that's just a like a bonus. And when he scores, it seems like the Mavericks always are winning or it's a competitive or close game. And I really liked his activity. Um, you know, the rebounds weren't necessarily there for him. The rebounds weren't really there for anyone <laughs> tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I liked what Maxi was doing on offense. And I really liked uh, the oddball uh, parent lineup that worked last year that was kind of oddly effective, the Dwight. Uh, Powell, Maxi, Kleba front courts. Mm-hmm. This was like strangely effective last season, and it's starting to look like it's going to be strangely effective again this season. And those two just kind of feed off each other very well, um, especially, you know, they're usually playing against bench units. So, you know, not a lot of teams have bigs that are kind of as mobile and uh, quick and versatile as Powell and Maxi can be. So I think they can kind of catch some benches, kind of napping with their quick feet. Um, even if you know Powell's not a great defender, but yep. um, but it, it's just it's just a fun lineup. They seem to have really good chemistry together, and uh, I think those minutes. I think they played some in the second quarter when it looked like you know the game was still kind of stagnant, and you're waiting for the Mavs to make a run. And I think they kind of helped push it. Um, and then I guess we you know we got to say one more good thing. And JJ Barea scoring 11 points in 15 minutes is is kind of cool, even if there's some things that we're concerned with about it. But it was still hey. It's he's the last vanguard of the the Dirk era, and uh, for him to hit three threes in, in the first half was pretty was pretty cool to see. Yep he he had been hanging out with Devin Harris tied at six hundred and seven games, uh, seventh place uh, on the all time like Mavericks games list. So he passed him and went to six hundred eight, which that was that was kind of that was kind of fun. They they went to the well once too often. Starting Bray in the second yep, half yep. was 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 too cute by ha- uh, was too cute in a way that that is laughable almost. But it was we you know the, we all saw it from a mile away. It's it's hard to really blame Rick with the way you know, we're getting ready to basically pivot into the things that were frustrating to us, but with the way that, uh, you know, Brunson has been terrible this year, uh, at least from shooting, he's, he's an effective point guard. Uh, but when you, you know, you go over four from the field and the shots are both bad and don't look close. It's kind of hard. Like I, 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 you know, I'm, I wasn't thrilled Bray got the play in the big picture sense, but it was like, they needed them tonight. Uh, I want to say, uh, uh, Coop, uh, the Mavs radio announcer uh, uh, said on on Twitter that you know this is a break break glass uh, break glass in case of emergency moment for Brea and and they needed them because like, that you know losing tonight is the sort of game that would have had us in in talking you know much more in a much more frustrated fashion. Instead, they escaped. I think we can look at you know the the Mavericks played just about everybody except for Courtney Lee that was available I don't entirely understand what their minutes were but the Magic are the kind of strange team that maybe only the Philadelphia 76ers and like Utah Jazz can really replicate in terms of like just massive guys uh so you know I don't don't mind escaping with a win like that that so it's there's more kind of frustrating things I suppose we could talk about. I want to give you a chance and then I'd like to circle back and address kind of my ongoing criticism and discussion of, of Porzingis, but you know, there's a lot of little things, but you know, it needs to see, 
the Mavericks are five and two. I'm having a hard time. <laughs> like, I don't want to talk about the stuff that's nitpicky because, like, I they haven't been five and two to start the year since the championship season. I don't think. Yeah, and and yeah, you're right. I don't want to be like that either. I would say if we're gonna throw in another nitpick, uh, the Mavericks were on two days of rest, and the Magic played a game last night in Oklahoma City. That's true. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, you know, it's it's good to get the win. Hey, maybe Orlando is playing desperate because they really were they're really kind of slumping in the East. But at a certain point, you know, you're like, all right, come on, you know, like they, they really needed to turn it around. I never really felt like they were doing that except for the Luca run in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk about Brunson. Uh, yeah, he didn't have a good game over four. You know, Brunson and Wright and Seth Curry combined for 24, a little over 24, 25 minutes. And uh, both Wright and Brunson are o, you know, over from the floor. And there's a part of my brain that is like, hey, those are three crucial pieces for the Mavericks. And if they want to be a good team, they have to get good minutes out of those guys. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they can't expect to steal games like tonight with those guys barely playing and not doing much. But also, like you said, there's not a lot of teams like Orlando that, you know, basically – from the two spot to the five spot have so much length and size, you know, Brunson and Wright, their games are predicated on pushing the tempo in transition and getting to the basket as quickly as they can and scoring at the, at the rim. And when you're playing a team like Orlando, they're not going to let you do that. And especially a Steve Clifford team, they're not going to give you easy buckets at the basket. It's hard to navigate around all their rangy defenders. So I think it was just a bad matchup for Brunson sure, and Wright. I agree. Um, but then, you know, I, I can, I'm going to go right into, you know, Curry playing only six minutes and 42 seconds. That was odd. I, I'm so befuddled by his season so far, and I don't want to try to sound like, um, you know, like I know more than Rick or, or what's going on there. You know, I want him to be involved because he's the best shooter on the team, and he was so successful with them when the Mavericks had a bad team. And you would think with a better team and with one of the best three-point shot creators in Luka, uh, you it just feels like a perfect fit in like for whatever reason, it's just not happening. Um, you know, he got bent, you know, he got, he went to the bench uh, and the midway through the first quarter and didn't come back into the game until what, seven seconds left completely cold and then missed two free throws. It, it was just bizarre. And I, you know, I don't know what it is. I don't know if there, I didn't notice anything particular about his six minutes that seemed like uh truly bad he took a a quick three in transition that he missed that i wonder if rick was frustrated about but i thought it was a a quality shot like that's a shot i Mm -hmm. expect him to take and make uh but i you know i wonder if there's something going on i don't maybe you know he had some some health issues in the preseason maybe that's still bothering him it's just it hasn't worked the way i expected it to um so yeah i just i don't know where to go from here you know he didn't start the second half uh, I want him. I hope he can get involved because, you know, the Mavericks can paper over it in mm-hmm. games against Eastern Conference guys, but they're going to need him, you know, to win games and do what they want to do. Well, so Seth Partnow and Tim Cato of the Athletic did a Q and A uh, today that was really interesting about the Mavs' kind of offensive start, and I, I'm basically just going to read part of this segment and. They were talking about spacing and three-point shooting, and really they're specifically talking about Dorian Finney-Smith, but he says, uh, and I'm quoting Seth Partnow here, he says, and uh, pretty, let me see if this is, t- yeah, this is Partnow. He says, in terms of spacing value, this might sound weird, but it almost doesn't matter what percentage Dorian Finney-Smith shoots. 
Of course, if he makes more shots, it's better. But the difference between a player hitting 30% and 35% from three at Finney Smith's volume of attempts is about one more make every two weeks. That's not nothing, but without directly being able to prove it, his value or lack thereof to Dallas's offense is much more about how closely the opposition guards him. And I reason I wanted to read that real quick when you're talking about Seth Curry is you saw it in the fourth quarter there, particularly in those final those final possessions. The Magic were guarding no one else but Luca. No one. There was no like there were three guys coming at him on a couple of those possessions, and yet he still made his way to the rim. So that's the sort of thing that as the year goes on, I think we're gonna start seeing Luca get doubled more and more. And if they don't have shooters who can hit threes on the floor, things are going to get ugly at times. I mean, I, I do think Curry ends up back on the floor a little bit. The way Carlisle does stuff is sometimes a little confusing. I don't want to read too much into it. All right, the last thing before we get out here, I, I do want to address a little bit of what we're talking about with Chris Tapps for saying this. There is a pretty much a, a constant chatter throughout the game about his effectiveness. I have a 40-minute discussion tomorrow with uh, Jared Dubin that I really recommend everybody uh, uh, download. He talks to us about Porzingis for almost 40 minutes, and he's a guy who's watched him closely his entire career as he's a Knicks fan. And there's, you know, Porzingis is simply, he's yet to unlock what he can do on the basketball court at a professional level. There's a lot there. The way the Mavericks use him is actually really what's resulting in in, in uh, Luca's success. I don't want to give away the bag, but there's some really interesting stats with, with what's happening with him and Luca, and a lot of it is because of KP more so than it is Luca. Now we have to the Mavericks have to figure out a way to get him involved. He did some really interesting things in the second half. I was very excited to see him put the ball on the floor with his right hand, go to the right and attack the rim. He did that a few times. He actually drew, drew some free throws. He is a good basketball player, but he just does some things which are simply inefficient. And I know, you know, people don't want to talk about that. They want to give him time, want to give him time. Well, guys, the kind of the kind of stuff we're talking about here is stuff that he's done his entire career. So over the course of seven games, you know what? I do want to see some improvement in some of these things. And frankly, when it comes to, you know, changing how he plays, I've not seen some of that improvement. Now, you're going to say, Kirk, stop being ridiculous. He's averaging 20 points and eight rebounds. You're right. You're right. Everybody who says that to me is absolutely right. I just think there's a lot more there. And in order to, to you know, talk about the Mavericks becoming the team we want them to be, they need to figure out how to unlock that sooner rather than later, because otherwise they're not breaking any of those Porzingis habits that we've discussed. Right. And it's going to take, you know, it's going to take time. Like it can't happen as soon as we want it to. And, uh, you know, you're completely right. It's, you know, I think we should be happy with the fact that he's getting through these games looking relatively healthy and we're not, you know, I was, you know, three or four months ago, I was concerned, you know, just how he would be able to move, you know, like, mm -hmm. or just make it through a game without getting banged up or, or something like that um so i'm i'm pleased with how he is physically and it's you know it's gonna take time you know like you said he he picked up a lot of bad habits on a lot of bad knicks teams uh he didn't play with a guard that likes to use the two-man game as much as as lucas so there's got to be some stuff to figure out there and you got to stamp out the bad habits like yeah you're gonna there's gonna be some growing pains and it's and the thing that has kind of tempered my expectations for this mavs team is that the growing pains 
they could last all season. And that's not like a knock on Kristaps. No, no, oh, that's, like, just a, no that, that's just a young team. Yeah. It's yeah. a new, yeah, it's just a new team and that's just how it works. And he'll, every game he'll, you know, he will try to take something from it and try to get better. It, it's just going to be frustrating for anyone that, you know, expected this to kind of take off like a rocket from game one, you know, it's just going to take some time. And I'm not, fr- you know, I've never, I'm not really frustrated by his play. Like he makes some, some frustrating plays, but I have to understand like, this is a lot of this is new to him. He's yeah. learning a lot of new things and and I think eventually he'll be better for it. Maybe it's not this season, but Hey, that's okay. He's 24. Luca's 20. They got plenty of time to figure this out. Yeah. And, and folks that, that are listening to this and then interact with me online, everyone I hope understands that in the moment, I personally react to things a lot more frustrated than I am big picture. Uh, so, so, you know, when we talk about these things, I'm obviously feeling great. You know, they've had two or three really bad Porzingis games and they're still five and two, like, (laughs) you know, this was just the stretch. And, you know, I, I identified a series of like, I don't know, 10 games that followed the, the Los Angeles Lakers loss. They played two of them and they're two and oh. Uh, so, you know, we have a number of games coming up in the next few days and we're going to be coming back to you, uh, frequently with these podcasts. I think we like doing them. I hope you guys like listening. Uh, I have Jared Dubin coming on the pod tomorrow. I'm going to have Jonathan Charks coming on hopefully over the weekend. If he will absolutely get back to me, Charks, if you're listening, answer me. Uh, but as (laughs) usual, guys, we have a lot of fun with this. I hope you are too. Uh, we, uh, you know, like subscribe tell the friends we're getting really positive feedback and if you have any comments or questions please don't uh hesitate to head uh, reach out to josh and i once again this has been uh kirk henderson and josh bow coming to you with mavs Moneyball after dark we will see you next time